Okay, so I know today I already did podcasts, but goddamn. Whew! Goddamn. Let me tell you something. When you know you messing with a real man on some serious grown man shit. Whew. There is nothing like the power of speaking a truth. Because see, black men normally are very uh, not for for uh, <sighs> forefront about their feelings, right? Because niggas just hold shit inside. They don't deal with their emotions. They don't address shit. And when you find a man is comfortable in speaking his truth to his woman... Ooh-wee. You talking about a motherfucking powerful-ass goddamn man, niggas. You talking about a powerful man. So, so just just hear this shit real quick. Wait, 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 wait. Look, I, I did the desk work. And I did it for you. It's not the same thing. Zach. Oh, look, look, look. If you don't want to marry me anymore, I understand. This is just a bunch of shit. Okay? And you can just go find any man that'll have less drama than I have right now. Tech, what is this? This is new. What is what? This insecure... See, see from the real shit now, goddamn? When a man brings drama into a woman's world because of his baby mama bullshit... And he has strength enough to tell her, look, I know you didn't sign up for this shit. And because you didn't sign up for this shit, I don't want to fuck your world up with my bullshit. Niggas. Oof. Oof. Ooh, wee. Man. But we ain't done yet in that goddamn. It's not insecurity. It's It's funny because she looking at it as insecure because he made a decision to give her a choice as to the type of lifestyle she wanted to be exposed to. Right? Because technically that's what he's saying. Look, I know you didn't sign up for this shit. So I'm giving you a door. Out. But in his heart, he's hoping that she won't take the door left. Because when you realize you found someone to make that impact on your life for the betterment of you, to grow you, to impart into you, being worthy of that love from that woman. Nigga, vice versa though, because see, we we forget that this can be interchangeable because there are men who actually sow into others' lives. And we, as black women, we don't embrace that shit. But every time someone sows into my life, I make sure I give them their flowers and tell him I appreciate the gifts that's sown into me. See, the black woman today, we haven't appreciated that particular thing from a man. 
that he is capable of sowing into her and leading her to the betterment of herself along with that relationship. Just saying, goddamn. Get you. Why is it the pain in your face? I watched you. Watch her. Fatima, this is not about me. This is about you. And the way I feel about you. When a man... When a real man hurts the woman he loves, he tries to fix it. Oh, nigga. What did he say? Father God in heaven, what was it? When a real man hurts the woman he loves, he tries to fix it, make correction, because he understands that his action brought forth pain to her. But in order to salvage and make that relationship better, he will admit to his wrongdoings, or he is going to make sure that that woman understands that he is willing to do what it takes to keep her in his life. This is why you always hear me talking about dealing with your mate and apologizing and making the corrections because the correction helps me to understand or helps that person to understand that they're in this shit fully and that they respect and value who they with. Because a person that does not respect nor value the commitment that that partner has in their relationship, they own some selfish shit. But I know, niggas, I know. It's always, I'm tripping. But sometimes we have to learn to get over ourselves. Because a relationship is a collective, it's unified, it should be one. Y'all should be on one mindset together collectively as one beating heart mind body and spirit and i recall my friend telling me <laughs> about two days ago about how he want a woman in the same income bracket that he's in i'm like you focused on the fact that a person is in the same income bracket as you Financially, what the fuck does that mean? And my example to him was the the person at work. He said he killing himself. The woman and him on the same similar income bracket, but he killing his fucking self because she wants to make a house from scratch. Nigga, no. Cause cause if something happened to him tomorrow, she's left with the house. And he gone. A real woman ain't gonna make her husband work like that in order to meet her need. That's some fucked up shit. Just saying, goddamn. I can't fix this. Can't. And I love you enough to know that you deserve better than this. Shit, you deserve better than me. Zach, hey, nobody's perfect. All right, I do deserve you. I deserve all of you. Now, look, I know what I'm going to put up with. 
And what I'm not. Real shit. And that's on both ends. The relationship has to be. In essence. Each person is receiving something from it. And they're willing to be in the. You already know. In the dirt with you. While with the muck with you. You know what I'm saying? Through the hard times. They there with you 100%. Fully. Because truly, that's what marriage is and being in a relationship is about. Is a person ability. There is no, you know that someone is with you when you have nothing and they're there supporting you through that space. Because when you have something and they're there, you don't know whether or not that person really values who you are. But when you ain't got shit and they willing to ride with you through that particular moment in life, you already know, goddamn, when you do have something, they ain't going nowhere. And it's not about the money. It's about the person individually. Just saying, goddamn, just saying. I know when I'm in my limit. Well, can you at least tell me when you get close? Yes, Zach. Not even close. Okay. Just being careful. Look, Zach. Those choices you made, I know you mean well. But those choices are still affecting me. Right? So I gotta be careful. If you knew all the shit that I've been through with my exes, you know, I just, I learned just to watch and listen. Hooey! Nick. Watch and listen. Sometimes we can run so far into something. Sometimes niggas move extremely so and try to be cautious because they're afraid that something might happen. The way a previous relationship had taken place. But the thing is, is to try to find that balance. And to be able to communicate about what's going on with you. Because see, we don't know. We don't know when individuals don't know what's going on in the mind or where that person is with you or where they see you or whatever. Without communication, we are left to our own devices. And then we end up fucking up shit more. Because I already know, nigga. When you ain't telling me shit, nigga, I just... I, shit, the way it looked like to me is pretty much what I'm going to go with. And it might not always be correct. That's why communication is everything in a relationship. So the person won't be left to their own devices. Making up shit or trying to fill in gaps that hasn't been discussed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hello? Okay. Yeah. So, I'm not concerned about what you did before me. Right. The only thing I'm looking at right now is how you treat me. You okay? And mind you, a strong woman gonna understand that 
It's not about the relationships you had previously, but you have nothing to judge that by because you weren't there. All I have to judge a person by is what they do when they're with me. How they treat me. What promises that they don't keep. Because it's from that that we learn to judge folks by. But mind you, if you come from a traumatic past, all it's going to do is amplify it when you have already experienced those traumas. But being aware of it and not engaging is one thing. And you have to let things play out so that you will have full understanding because oftentimes we just react rather than just allow things to play out so that the truth comes forth and you have more insight into the situation. You can't judge others by relationships past. It's just not fair to someone else. And you hear me talk about that all the time. You judge people based on the way they treat you right now in the present. Truthfully. Well, niggas, that's the end of that. Shalom. So we just going to add to it because it's just a couple of days later. This is, you know. So um, I'm listening to my Torah portions today. And I, I um, you know, today my, my uh, someone very close to me is really having a hard time. So I reached out and like God has been dealing with me on the particular person and I've just been praying and interceding for him and um I, I didn't get a response so I didn't even get mad but sometimes we we can really get in our feelings and get mean um about people's responses to us and sometimes it's just not about you and so we have to learn to um even though we don't get the responses we expect from someone um we have to learn not to take it in offense because I, it could have been easily taken in offense but i just decided not to and and i know that god will you know um do what Whatever it is that he said he's going to do. God, we, th- there's one thing we have to understand. God is, is he said, um, understand this one thing, right? God is not mocked. Meaning he doesn't mock folks. Doesn't say things just to be saying them or say them for a particular reason in being, you know, just to be hurtful, right? Because people that mock you are, are being, you know, um, they, they're dealing with you out of their flesh and, and they're doing it to annoy you, right? He's not, he whatever he says he's going to do or not going to do, it's not to be an annoyance unto you. It's to teach you something. It's to show you something. 
So he said, whatever a man sow, he will reap. Meaning, whatever you put out of the earth, whatever you do to others, whether it be good or bad, there's a reaping. So that was just that, that scripture right there, nigga, goddamn. Um, that, that scripture has always been very strong in my life because, whew, nigga, mm-mm. There's some things I don't even want to deal with. So I, I try my best to treat people appropriately. But as I'm listening to the Torah portion, this man is beginning to speak something because somebody died. And, you know, death <laughs> teaches us many things. So there's some things he says. So I'm just going to go and let it get started. to all the men of the council, to our teacher, Crown Prince, the Rishadai who's here in the building today, to men, women, and children within the sound of my voice, I bid you all in the talk of my forefathers, Shabbat Shalom Shalom Mekam. Shabbat Shalom Shalom Mekam. How's everybody doing today? Oh, Most High is great in all things and everything. Um, wanted to make sure um, that I do send some heartfelt testimony regarding the the passing of Ema Princess Sidera to the family, um, to everybody. That was a wonderful spirit. Um, she was my friend. Um, a lot of things that I... I work that I did in nation building. Um, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish it without her support. Um, she told me when she was gonna retire from sewing, and she did, um, but she was a wonderful seamstress, wonderful spirit. Um, she will definitely be missed. And I just um, asked the most I got for, for comfort and healing for the family and for all of us. Um, so sending, sending positive and healing energy through the, the praise of the Most High God to our sister Jessica, A. Shemuel, Ben Yehuda. Um, I just want to stop here for a minute. And you know, um, I think sometimes when God lay upon your heart, when, or when God lay people upon your heart, it, it's... It's so important to um to call or to check because you never know. Um you never know what he's saying to you. You know what I mean? You don't know what he's conveying to you. You 
you do reach out, you you check to see. Praying is important, but at least reach out because you don't know what could be going on in someone's life. All right. You know, I remember watching Dr. Oz one day and he was telling people, you know, you should pray, right? And, you know, doctors are not religious people, right? Quote, unquote. But he was saying that, you know, the statistics show that when people have prayer and positive people around them and energy, they heal. And, um, This is, these things are our tests. Um, the test shows what we, or what type of people we will be in these times of pain, in these times of hurt, what type of empathy and sympathy do you have? Um, how can you support? What can you do to lend a helping hand? Because prayers work. Prayers help heal. Prayers help support. Prayers help show people that they're not alone. So, in all these things, you know, I ask that the Most High God show us how to be human again. Yeah. We've been so hardened and tough and, you know, so when your brother cries, sometimes you got to learn how to cry with him. Yeah. When your brother suffers, you got to learn how to suffer with him. You are never going to feel what they feel, but you can show that you, you understand. You know, um, my father passed away, and um, none of my brothers <coughs> came to the funeral. Um, I didn't get mad. What I did was I made the choice to make sure that when another brother goes through the same thing, that I would be there. Because the energy that we practice sometimes is, is it's vengeful. It's like, okay, nobody did this for me, so I'm not going to do it for nobody. You hear me talk about this all the time. And it's easy to get pulled into that, that place, tit for tat. And I'm not saying I haven't been um, falling of it at times in my life because I'm human. Um, but... At the end of the day, I try my best to do right by others. Even when I'm frustrated, even when I don't feel supported or appreciated or whatever, I always try to do the right thing, even if it goes against some other shit. But I'm just saying that um, it's so hard today because the type of people we become is so self um driven and and we no longer think about others and and that is ooh that that is just not good um, but i'm gonna move on else which is it should be the opposite because maybe they but i'm gonna also say the thing about listening to these tour portions is these brothers I mean, I'm, I'm, I promise you these brothers, these are black men from the hardest of places, but to see their righteousness and their um, strength in 
seeking God in fullness, but the humility in them that you the black men they you know they say they hard right they can't love or you know be these things and you've heard me say this for 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 years now and this, the new ones know but for those who've been here since day one I've always talked about one I see in, in in my brothers and I refuse to um. Let anyone say that they are not capable of showing the type of um, character that I see when I listen to these tour portions. These are black men. Come on. Oh, no, they don't understand. They haven't learned the level of empathy that people are supposed to have when your brother's suffering. So, when... um. Then Judah's mother passed. Like, I was like, bro, if you need anything from me, what you need, I'm here. I don't know if y'all remember Judah. <coughs> um, I think Zakar, your, your, your Ema's husband passed away. Yeah. But we were there in support. Like, you know, I'm not going to worry about what was done to me or what wasn't done for me. My job is to be there for others. So, um... It still goes back to what, what, what the words say about having a standard and setting a standard in your life and, and, and standing in that standard. Because when we stand in a standard that we're going to do these things and keep these principles, that they that they are one with us that they're embedded within us then shine and show everywhere you go yeah I mean you know what I'm saying yeah you they're, they're the things that set you apart from others and that when I think about the term when he says my people who are set apart there is something different about who you are when you go people notice it and it's you stand out I don't want to take anybody's energy, energy down because what we do need is positive energy. We do need to reverence and praise the Most High God's name. Thank Him for life. Thank Him that we were able to make it to another Shavuot. Thank Him for even allowing us to know that He is God and God alone. Because in these times of trouble, some people don't know who to call on. But at least we do. That's right. We stand a chance. Because we serve a living God. Amen. Mm -hmm. I will be reading out of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 20. So, um, some of y'all know Anime Bullock. Otherwise known as Tina Turner Passed away this week um, But let me tell you something interesting She was 83 She, 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 she made it I didn't know she was I know she was suffering from some ailments And um, A couple of years ago she said um, I want to I wanna Put out a memoir or something like that Because I don't know how long I got 
Because she knew that she was dealing with all of this stuff. And um, so thank the most I got for the time he gave her. Now, I'm saying this because I don't know her good or her bad. I just know what be whatever. But, you know, she entertained and she survived a lot. She dealt with a lot. Um, I know outside of the, the stuff she dealt with with Ike, um, she lost both of her sons. Um, so I say that because we're going to read this portion. And um, at the end of this portion, the prophet Habakkuk says something very important that it kind of ties everything that we're dealing with in. Um, also wanted to send a happy birthday shout out. Minister Farrakhan turned 90 on May 11th. And I know some of us are saying, I'm saying why? Because I know he was in his 80s, but you ain't in your 80s forever, right? right. Um, he was a very, uh, one of the very few black leaders to speak out as strong as he did and as he does and live to be an old man. Yeah. So I thank the Most High God for, for his life. I know some people are like, oh, it's Farrakhan and he don't whatever. God makes people for his purpose. Yeah, he does. Whether we understand it or not. Yeah, we want everybody to have the knowledge itself and teach the Torah and stuff like that. That was the portion he gave you that you're not doing well. He gave other people their portion and their job. But I thank the Most High God um, for his influence um, in his day and time and that he allowed him to see 90 years of age. Um, so before I stop... I'm going to say it again. It's a level of respect and learning that you can receive wisdom from anyone. The, the reader starts reading. Um, Habakkuk. It's a funny name, right? <laughs> Everybody said, mm -hmm, we can agree upon that. I heard um, two different versions of his name, or the meaning of his name. Um, I heard one version of his name um, meant basil. The, the herb, basil. Basil. Right. Um, the other meaning of his name is to embrace. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you read this portion, when you understand this hug, got you. When you read the portion and you read the the his the book, his book is is not that long. It's three chapters. Um, the embrace fits. I'm not saying the the basil doesn't. It's a spice. It's good. But the embrace fits a lot of the purpose because sometimes we forget. The interesting thing too about basil, it is a a um, healing herb. It actually heals for a lot of things. And if you have asthma, they say if you just chew on a tablespoon of it, it will help clean up any mucus or bad, um, you know, stuff in your lungs, right? It is great healing for respiratory issues. 
and a, a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's like when you begin to understand how the Hebrew language works, God placed things for a purpose, but that's a story for another day. That, you know, the Most High God inspired your parent to name you something because there was a bigger meaning behind who you were supposed to be in life. Right. <clears throat> Some of y'all think that, oh, I'm just so-and-so. Uh, that's why when you come into Torah and the knowledge of self, a lot of us change our names because we understand our higher purpose. Right. It's funny how some they, they change their name instead of checking to see if their name have Hebrew meaning. Because some of us, our names are already Hebrew. Right? It is. And that is the beautifulness of our culture being a part of our lives and we didn't even know it. You know, you were bigger than John. You know. And John is a Hebrew name. Yachanan. But you don't know what the meaning is, so, you know, you're walking around kind of aimless. But you think about it. You know. Your name is Naphtali. And you believe in the fight, the struggle for black people, the struggle for Israel. <laughs> Your name is Mekubaja. You're a Levite. You're here every morning making sure that your voice is raised to honor the Most High God. <laughs> we have Ima Katora and we have our sister Katora, my sister Katora. Both are some of the sweetest people on the face of the planet until you mess with them. I, get, I know that. But they're the sweet people. Like, you know, give you to shut off their back, that type of atmosphere. So that whole at, um, old meaning of sweet fragrance is something very important, and they, they manifest that. Eliel, mm -hmm. my God is God. And... You're here because you have survived because you haven't forgotten God. Because God is God. My God is God. I said. Yeah, this man, he's been through a lot. But he understands my God is God. Because if, if it was anybody else, they wouldn't be here no more. Come on here now. Ozael, my strength is God. Everybody saw him, he knew who was going to be a boxer. And not that he still doesn't have his skills, but he puts his strength and his energy into the building of the nation of the Most High God. Prince Yediel, what is that, tower? My fortress or my tower or my high place is God? So we manifest these things. We manifest who we are. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of Southerners and slaves, they like taking these old biblical names. Right. Obadiah. Obadiah. Obadiah, you go out there and fetch some corn for us, Obadiah. But sometimes without knowing the, the bigger meaning behind it. So... Now that you know Habkuk, you know, because I know some of y'all stay away from his name in Israel. 
positions somehow fit the understanding of the people that they they um that they worship that worship these gods. So if you look at the Vikings, you know they they worship a god of war and they're very bloody people. They don't have no problem with slitting your throat, raping, pillaging, all that stuff like that. Well, because that's what their god does. The Greek gods who are homosexual and, and mess with little boys and stuff like that. Because yeah, you know Zeus raped little boys. But the people do that. So when God says that we are to be holy because he is he's holy, come on. And that when he curses us out, because he says, wherein as a people giving up their God, like all of these people still got their gods. Even though their gods are vain, they're wicked, they're murderers, come they're on. rapists, come they're homosexuals, but they still praise their gods. Yes. You praise the source of everlasting life, or you were given the source of everlasting life, and you refused it. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of this in 20, it says that Jehovah is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And I want y'all to understand part of what the book of Habakkuk stresses. It stresses that regardless of who is the nation that's whipping everybody's behind, regardless of how many idols are praised, regardless of who acknowledge God or not, God is still, still God. God. Come on, yeah, now. To give further context, we're going to go into three. Time sheet. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigionot. Shigionot is not a place. It's an emphasis on how you speak. So it says that like Shigionot is supposed to mean when you say something with it. To give further context, we're going to go into three. Time sheet. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigionot. Shigionot is not a place. It's an emphasis on how you speak. So it says that, like, Shigunot is supposed to mean when you say something with uh, emphasis and vigor and, and strength. Tamshi. Oh, Yehovah, I have heard the report of thee and am afraid. Oh, Yehovah, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. And wrath, remember compassion. Yah coming from Timah. And the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covereth the heavens, and the earth is full of his praise. And the brightness appeareth as the light. Rays have he at his side, and there is the hiding of his power. Before him goeth the pestilence, and fiery bolts go forth at his feet. So stop there. It says, O Yehovah, I have heard the report of thee, mm -hmm. and I am afraid. Right. The prophet is trying to let the reader understand. I heard your reputation, God. Right. I know what you can do. Right. I know how bad you are. I know that regardless of whether you're acknowledged or not, you are the king of all things. Uh -huh. And then when it goes into the rest, it says, God coming from Timon, the Holy One from, the Mount, from, from Mount Paran. So these places, Timon is a place in Edom. Paran is a place in the, um, the Arabian wilderness. The other places that I mentioned, all around the same place, all around the same place. And from what I read, all of these kind of revolve around Mount Sinai. So, in tune with this day being the day that we were given the Torah, we are reading about God's power, but it's talking about 
the area of Mount Sinai because that's where we received the law. Knowing that that's where God's glory was first seen by the children of Israel, that the mountain was so powerful at that time, all we heard was a blasting of the horn. We couldn't touch it, but all we saw was blue and, and, and stuff and clouds coming down. And God told us, or God told Moshe to tell everybody else, don't come near this mountain. Don't touch it. Because if you do, you will forfeit your life. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, if somebody does touch it, don't touch them. But it's talking about this, this greatness, rays of light, hiding of his power. Because when he came down, we couldn't see, we hadn't, God said that we didn't see no similitude. All we saw was glory. And before him goeth the pestilence, the fiery bolts go forth at his feet. The host, the, the destruction, the power, showing you that, you know, at one time we were scared of nuclear bombs. Remember we used to have, I don't know if y'all remember, sometimes they would have drills for nuclear holocaust. We were scared of the Russian invasion. Scared of uh, Saddam Hussein. Scared of war, scared of this, scared of COVID, scared of everything. And what we clearly have to understand, that God is in control. Mm -hmm. And he was never not in control. <laughs> and I think that's what gets us sometimes because we're men, we're finite, and sometimes our, our space and in our heads, you know, we worried about watching Cain. Y2K came and went. That's right. But we would tremble about, oh, we got to get stocked, you know, whatever came in. I'm not saying that it's wrong. it was wrong for people to stock up, but God is in control. Yes, he is. The computer and AI ain't in control. That's right. I know that that's what they talk about. Now, AI is going to take over. Yeah. It's going to kill everybody. The Matrix is real. Da, 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 da. God is in control. Right. I'm not saying don't get prepared, but I'm letting you know that God is in control. Yes, he is. God is letting us know that he was always in control. Mm -hmm. And there's never a time that he will not be in control. Right. So when you are in Shabbat or you're in a, a feast day, praising the most high God, high and holy name, you are where you are supposed to be. Yeah. You are where you need to be. Yeah. Because you have a weapon that no other nation has. Ooh, you have a weapon that you have to learn how to utilize. Yeah. And you have a weapon that will continually work. It's a weapon that you can pass down to your kids. It's a weapon that your kids can pass down to their kids That's if right. they know how to fear this true, awesome, and mighty God. Mm -hmm. That's right. Verse 6. He standeth and shaketh the earth. He beholdeth and maketh the nations to tremble. There's something funny that's going on. You know, <laughs> I'm laughing because in Egypt, right? We didn't pick up swords against Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Right. Most of us said, no, I, I, we, we, I got this. Because... I didn't tell you that goddamn. Keep it right. Keep it tight. Lined it up. No need to fight. No need to store. No need to look. He will provide. Everything you need... Uh, 
he is the provider. But it all depends upon your following what he has said fully, 100%. God's power is something that you can't fight with your hands. Come on now. You can't calculate mathematics and engineer anything to fight against God. That's the power of a natural catastrophe. Right now, you know, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a whole part of this nation that's like almost uninhabitable right now. There's places that are getting like eight tornadoes in a week. What can this nation, who is the strongest nation, the most guns, money, wash, all types of stuff, the best medicines, can fight against God's power? No. What you gonna do? There's nothing you can do. The only thing you do is watch the destruction and hopefully give people some money. And that's not working. Come on. Tornadoes, typhoons. Interesting too, it's like we're, we're getting, I'm saying we are, but this, this nation is getting a bunch of hell. Yeah. Every time you turn around, it's like, and the hailstones are not like little hailstones. That we get in New York sometimes, little things that fall on you and it's mountain as soon as they hit you. They're getting big stones that are busting people's windows open in their cars and damaging their houses. Okay. And those races and one of they can shoot the, the hailstones out the sky. Because you love to victimize God people, but you can't victimize God. Come on now. His power is too strong. Come on. So with all of the stuff that he's talking about, with making the nations to tremble and making the earth to shake and, Come on. you know, we're having fires and earthquakes and all types of stuff that's going down. And, you know, it's interesting because with all of the power, as I said before, that we have or we think we have, there's nothing that you can do about this stuff. Absolutely nothing. Even with COVID, you know, people try to come up with a vaccine. There's no vaccine for earthquake. <laughs> the fires, the fires that are happening in California, now they're happening in Canada and other places. You know, normally you want to get water to douse fires and stuff. The fires, water don't help these fires. God's power is something that we can recognize. Yeah. But at the same time, the same God that does the destruction is the same God that does the healing. Yes. The same God that allows us to be able to see people lose their life is the same God that allows us to see him save lives. Yeah. There's a sister who um she found a cure for cancer i don't know if you read about her it's some type of laser that she used that can look down and away and it was able to to get rid of the cancer and i'm afraid for her life because big pharma kills people that or, uh, kills people that have the ideas and the inventions yeah. that they can't control yeah yeah, I'm reading about a lot of stuff. There were people in Africa that found cures 
Not one cure. Cures for AIDS. We won't hear that information on this side of the world because Africans are supposed to be stupid and ignorant. But God is in all matters. Yeah, he is. God is here for us if we choose to do the right thing. Yeah. God is here for us regardless because of the covenant that he made with Abraham and Ishaq and Israel. But like all of us, like all of the kings that were given warnings and every prophet that was given warnings to the children of Israel, Come on. our job is to do what's right before him. Those that gave warnings. But the people didn't what? Take heed. So they ended up in Babylon. God damn. Get your... Sh okay, I'm joking. We have to keep up our end of the bargain. That's right. No, Don't not. And the everlasting mountains are dashed in pieces. The ancient hills do bow. His goings are as of old. Verse 7. I see the tents of Kushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian do tremble. Is it, O Yehoah, that against the rivers? Is it, that, is it that thine anger is kindled against the rivers? Or thy wrath against the sea, that thou dost ride upon thy horses and upon thy chariots of victory. Thy bow is made quite big. Sworn are the rods of the world, Selah. Thou dost cleave the earth with rivers. Thou, the mountains have seen thee, and they tremble. The tempest of waters floweth over. The deep uttereth its voice, and lifted up its hands on high. The sun and moon stand still in their habitation, yeah. at the light of thine arrows as they go, yeah. at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou marchest through the earth in indignation. Thou threshest the nations in anger. Yeah. Thou come forth for the de deliverance of thy people, for the deliverance of thine anointed. Yeah. Thou woundest the head of, out of the house of the wicked, uncovering the foundation even unto the neck, Selah. Yeah. Thou hast stricken through with his own rods the head of his rulers. Thou come as a whirlwind to scatter me, whose rejoicing as to, is as to devour the poor secretly. Thou hast trodden the sea with thy horses. The forming of the mighty waters. When I heard my inward parts tremble, yeah. my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entereth into my bones, and I tremble where I stand. That I should wait for the day of trouble when he cometh up against the people that he invaded. Oh for though the fig tree shall not blossom, yeah. neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no food. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in Jehovah. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk, embrace him. He's saying all the destruction that God is going to put upon the nations that are on this planet, oh all of the rulers, that everybody, you know, we, we scared of China, uh -huh. and people scared of America, and you're scared of what's going to happen between Russia and Ukraine and everything that's going on, but God is telling you that I got them all under control, that I'm punishing everybody. You know, God puts out his belt because he's the father. He's going to whip the whole house. Come on, man. I've tried all of this. Everybody going to get it. Because everybody messing up. Come on, now. But he's showing you that we'd be amazed that all of this. Oh, they got nuclear weapons. They got this. They have a strong economy. They got all types of stuff. The nations had that before. That's what the vision of Daniel was. He saw that head of gold. Come on. And he saw the other less refined or less precious metals coming after that, which are other nations. But he said, you are the head of gold. And you are the best of all these people because everything that's going to come after that is going to be a lesser version. Yeah. But at the end of the end of the prophecy or end of the vision, 
A stone came and broke down all of that. Come on. Knowing that God's power, his might, his glory is something that his children should never take for granted, even though the nations always will. Yes, yes. The nations believe in their power. Mm. They believe in their might. They believe in their money. Mm. They believe in their false gods. Our job is not to believe in any of those things. Our job is to believe and glorify in the name of the true and the living God. But I want to say this. The problem with our nation is that we believe in those things that the nations believe in. Yeah. We are taking shelter under the vanity of an American society and what we don't realize is that if you are a part of that fold, if you believe in what an American believes in, <laughs> then when America's time to, when America is time to for that uh, excuse me, when America's time to get out of here, you're gonna leave with America. <laughs> Come on now. I think we put ourselves Woo! in a position where it's not uh, that you're not supposed what, to what? be educated and gain wealth and be prosperous in the way you need to be. But some of us are hyper-absorbed hyper in the culture of the society. Come on now. What's easy on? Some of us are hyper-absorbed in the way of thinking in this society. This society has done nothing to us but break up our families, destroy our men, yeah. exploit our women, yeah. make our kids into all types of stuff that we, we can't even raise our kids no more. Come on. Society doesn't. Yeah. And some of us are actually okay with that. Come on now. Come on. You can't ride the fence. Come on, Father. And I know it's like, you know, I'm I'm studying, I'm studying about the, the impact and the power of collaboration. And the collaborative mindset because, you know, collaboration at one time was the strength of black people. Yes, it, it was, was what allowed us to endure. Yeah. It's what allowed us to get through slavery. Yeah. Escape. The under, underground railroad, all types of stuff. That was based on collaboration. Yeah. So to destroy our impact as a people, <laughs> we are taught to be divided and competitive. Come on now. The reason why Asian students do so much well when they go to school. Some people say, oh, it's, it's their mind, it's this, it's, it's ancient Chinese arithmetic, there's all types of stuff like that. No. They work together. Yes. There is no, I'm taking this test for Stuyvesant High School. It's, we yes. are taking this test for yes. Stuyvesant High School. Yes. We take so much pride in our individuality, yes. it destroys us yes. as a people. Yes. Come on now. So I learned something. You know, the reason why there's so much division, you know, 
brothers don't get along and the nation is this or whatever the case may be. You have people that they care more about winning than they care about success. Come on. Let me tell you what the difference is. Winning already complies the attitude that you're competing against somebody else. Come on now. And you're going to compete against the person that's closest to you, your brother. Yeah. Success is something that you do as an individual. Right? Well, you you have a goal and you want to, those goals. You don't compete with nobody when it comes to success but yourself. Yeah. Some people, our mindset is not, are not groomed for us to learn what it means to win together. Yeah. But we can definitely succeed together. Yeah. The concept of winning also implies the fact that you got to be better than somebody. Yeah. If so you embrace the concept of, of succeeding, you're not being better than anybody. You're just being your best self. Yes. Yes. So what the prophet says, At the end of it all, with the nations being fallen down, because we have to be careful of how we wish so much bad upon the nations, but we did just as bad as those nations. Yeah. He says something that's very interesting that gets me to understand why he was named embracing. He said, when the fig tree's not gonna blossom, ain't no food, the fruit of the vine is gone. The labor of the olive shall fail. And all, the, the olive tree takes a long time to, to bloom and blossom. And the field shall yield no food. The flock shall be cut off from the foe. And there shall be no hurt in the, in the stalks. Yet I will rejoice in your hope. Regardless of how bad things get, we still going to glorify God. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning that regardless of what comes his way, he's going to learn how to embrace it in God's name. Yeah. yeah. Brothers and sisters, before this is said and done, before we close our eyes, we're going to go through a lot. Yeah. But God's name is to be praised regardless because he's all we got. Yeah. If he is the causer of the pain, he is also the one that could comfort you, comfort you from it. Yeah. If he is the causer of destruction and all things are done by his design, he is the same one that can protect you from the destruction that's coming. When we learn to love the Most High God the way it is commanded in Deuteronomy, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, then regardless of what comes our way, we have the power and the might 
and the wisdom to endure it. He says, yet I will rejoice in your hope. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God, Jehovah, is what? My strength. I um <laughs> I cheated. I watched I watched Snowfall, but I watched like the last episodes. I didn't have time to go to the whole other episodes. And there was an interesting concept that was going on at the end, and I was trying to get it, and I finally saw at the end. Um, you know, this is a spoiler, so y'all can sue me later. The main character, Franklin, um, he was obsessed with winning. He went and pursued it, and it, it, it ate his soul. He, he murdered for it. He disrespected his mother for it. He did everything he can to, to try to get back what was lost. And what his mother was trying to teach him is to learn how to walk away. Some things you just got to walk away from. Don't wash your hands. Come on. Come on. I know you put in work. I know you gave time and energy and sacrificed lives and did all types of stuff and but his mother was trying to teach him there's something that you just gotta learn how to walk away from. It's not it's not worth it at the end. And then the end it shows him and what everything done to him. He's a drunk, he's a recluse. He's not a crackhead per se, but he's you know, he's basically a bum. He's you know living in the house. They're about to, to uh, close his house and they're coming around and you know his best friend comes back around and they, they're talking and they're walking. And as they're walking back from the store, the marshal's coming, close his house. So his friend was like, nah, man, you know, I'll pay all the taxes, I'll do this, whatever. And he, and he said to him, he said, you're my best friend. And um, he walks away. At the end, when he has nothing else, and the last thing that he had was taken away from him, he learned how to walk away, which in essence was what he was supposed to do from the beginning. Come on now, come on now. <sighs> the evil, walk away. The wickedness, the hostility, the anger, the folly, the disrespect, gotta learn how to walk away. Yeah. Because in all of the things that we forget to learn is that God comes first, yeah. not us. Yeah. I know our egos are big. You know, we, everybody think they're gangster, male and female alike, the kids, everybody think they're gangsters. But this ain't about us. It's never, it's never been about us. This is about making sure that the Most High God's name is back in the earth and that glory is given to him by his children. As we promised, that was our agreement. Tell me, let's finish up. Yah, Yahweh is my strength, and he maketh my feet like hinds feet, and he maketh me to walk upon my high places for the leader with my string music. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give it thanks and honor. To the God of our forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Yishkak, the God of Israel, for all things and everything. And I say to you this day on Kachu World, hallelujah. 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 Praise the mighty Yah. Amen. Luke.
Um, we have to learn that above everything, God first. No matter what. And when we don't seek him and put him first to please him above all things, then we let <laughs> our relationship with God is 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 all over the place. And and it gets to a point in time you have to learn. Seek ye first the kingdom of Yahweh and all of its righteousness. Yes, I know it's a New Testament, but still, goddamn, it's 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 a word needed to be stated because it's truth and power in seeking Him first. Matter of fact, I think that is an Old Testament. I don't know. I can't think right now because because His words. We're heavy and strong and piercing. That's why we that's why we need to stand his word because it keeps us in step of understanding God will not or is not someone that we trifle with. We have to learn reverence and reverence is a respect that um that most people don't really understand. And we don't even reverence one another. So how could we reverence God? Anyway. I just wanted to tell you that I love you. If no one else has done it. That you are special. And important. A chosen seed. Above all nations. To be a representation of righteousness. Yeah. And what that should look like. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Because I've surely been forgetting to say that. But. Salim. Shalom. Shalom. Whichever one you choose. However you choose to say it. Be blessed. And prosperous. And I speak shalom. And chabaraka over your life this week. Yeah, may something extra special that you know that only God can do transform in your life today or this week. Much love and respect, family.